welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Right, we are doing, we're doing a series, um, a bare-knuckle series, as named by um, Neil. And Galatians 2.20, let's read it again, shall we? I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is the fourth message we have in the series. Um, and I'm going to come back to that part of the verse I started with um, last week uh, that says this, And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And I want to tag that to the end of Philippians verse 13 which says this I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so let's read those two together shall we the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me you see Paul announces uh, in Philippians 4.13 this amazing statement something which we've heard so many times spoken about um, when you know, whenever we're facing difficulty, I can do all things through Christ. Normally, it, it involves something which is utterly impossible, like like you know, climbing a, a cliff or you know, <laughs> fixing a car or something you genuinely can't do. I can do all things, and everyone looks around and goes, ah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's 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 used generally used for bad humor, bad Bible Christian humor, and uh, rather than. The, the actual truth of what it is. Now, when Paul speaks this verse to the church, he speaks um, the, the, the preliminary sort of run, the, the build-up to this great statement, is really um, letting the Philippian church know that really they need to be taking care of him. Uh, they haven't done as of yet, um, but they need to be. Um, and even though they haven't, he can do all things. Uh, and in fact, let me read from verse 11. It says this. In Philippians 4, verse 11, it says, Not that I speak in regard of, to need. He is kind of, but he's kind of being soft on them. For I have learned in whatever state to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to, be, how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to to suffer thing, uh, suffer need. <laughs> I joined two verses, two lines together there. But in all things, he says he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. In other words, he's saying to the Philippian church, look, you know, I have needs. It's your responsibility to take care of those needs. But if you don't take care of those needs, it's okay because I know that in whatever state I am, I'm okay. Um, Hudson Taylor, one of my great heroes, um, he, um, when he became a missionary, um, and I forget the year, um, he, he signed up with a, um, there were many missionary organizations um, at that time, uh, and some of them had no missionaries. And it was, a, it was almost fashionable for organizations to have a committee and and to sort of raise some funds and gather, and, and we're get, we are a missionary organization. And there was a, he wanted to go to China, but none of the established missionary organizations would send him because he wasn't the right person. He didn't fit their, um, their neat 
um, little um, sort of list of things that you needed to be a missionary to go to China. And uh, so he found an organization that didn't have any missionaries. And their list of needs for a missionary was far broader based on the fact they didn't have any and they're willing to take a gamble on anyone. And uh, so they joined together and they sent him out to China. But being a, an organization that's never had a missionary before, they, they majorly underestimated what his needs would be. Um, and he didn't know how much he would need them. And so when he gets out to China, it's not long before he's running out of money um, and he's in a desperate state. And he was actually, he, he, he struggled for about seven years where he would literally just run out of money. But the thing about him was that in a, in a country where he didn't get anyone saved, seven years, never got anyone saved, he never, um, he, he sort of created a few friendships, that was it. And he just went around and around struggling not getting the support that he needed. In all of these things, he actually did what Paul did, which is he learned how to be content. He learned how to walk by faith. He learned to speak it out that our God supplies all our need, that he is the one who is able to take care of us. And, and when Paul is speaking here, he speaks in terms of need. He speaks in terms of the life events that face us I can do all things. In other words, if it's coming at me and for whatever reason and I've got no way of avoiding it, I can do it. And we have to understand that the life that we live in the flesh, we live, let me read it to you again, the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, Paul begins to unwrap this incredible revelation that there is a life that we live in Him which is far greater than the life that we fully know or understand. And Paul is constantly taking the believer, and you remember he's writing to the church, and in the church there would have been a few wealthy people who were supporting it, and there would, there would have been a lot of, there wasn't like, the European world today, which has a very large middle class base um, with a, quite a reasonable amount of disposable income. He's talking to a, a lot of people who just would have been plain poor and then a, a, a smaller group of extremely wealthy people that would have been financing a lot of the stuff that went on. But these poor people who he relied upon for support, these are the people they're living simple lives. For the most part, they're uneducated. And so he's speaking to a church and speaking to many people who come from different parts and they, they don't have the kind of formal education that we would have. They would have, they would be far more um, apprenticeship-based skills. They would be fishermen or, or they would make um, jewelers or they would be farmers or they would, they would have these skill-based, but they wouldn't be educated, to be simple people who live in a small world and he's saying to them I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, he's opening up to these people who live in these very small worlds. I was in the mountains of Kash, um, uh, Kashmir that's the one <laughs> I don't think there's any other mountains of Kash yeah, the mountains of Kash and uh, <laughs> a mountain of Kash would be great wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can do all things. I, I mean, I can now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, that, that set a few dogs off in the neighbourhood. <laughs> They're all barking down the street. What was that? <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I was in the mountains of Kashmir, yeah. And uh, we were we would with uh, Pastor Dave Harlan, and we were constantly look. Uh, we would phone every evening. We'd phone home, and so we would go down uh, to the phone booth, which was kind of one of these. Um, uh, it was an international phone booth with um, just it had a street stall, and they sold. They cooked food on it. I don't know what the food was. I certainly wasn't going to eat it. It was a big sort of black table with burners and things on it burning. And uh, so, and we were going there, and it was it was very um, it was it was very kind of local and just the photographs that you would see. It was a and um, so we were in there making the phone calls, and because we were the only white people um, in the whole city, <laughs> what it felt like. Um, we were a centre of attraction to many of the locals. And we met a young lad who was um, at university there. Um, and he'd never been out of his city. He'd never travelled. And so he said, um, he's speaking to us in his very sort of simple um, English. And he's saying, you know, sort of, where are you from? Um, we're from the UK. I uh, didn't understand UK. Uh, well, we tried. I said Scotland because that wasn't going anywhere. And uh, so UK, that wasn't sort of working for us. I said, London. Ah, London. Yeah. I, he said, I said, London. He, ah, Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's Lon- London. Yes, yes, Tokyo. <laughs> and I couldn't understand. And he never got it. So eventually we got him to say London. He said London. And then, um, and then the, we came the next day uh, and he's there waiting for us. And he knew that we were going to come at that time. He's there waiting he was just to talk to us. And he's brought a friend to introduce to us and his friend. And he introduced her. These are my friends from Tokyo. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and here's a man who, who these, these people, they've never seen the sea. They've never experienced, um, actually for many of them, would never have experienced a vast open place of water. They, they live in a small world. And this is like in the, in the Middle East where Paul is, is preaching the gospel, he's speaking to this church. Now, they would have seen the sea, but they lived in a small world. Their world was tiny. And Paul is saying to them, he's opening up to them this incredible, incredible revelation that their world can just get a whole bit bigger. And, you know, we have to understand that regardless of the world that we live, we live in a, in a big world where everything is possible, that you can pretty much go anywhere you like in the world. You can pretty much do anything. And even if um, you don't have much money, you can find a way of getting it to get there. There, is, there really isn't much limit, but this is the reality. Your world is still small compared to what you can do in Christ Jesus. See, the life that you live, you live by faith in Christ. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, Paul isn't 
saying that he can do ridiculous things. He's saying he can do all things that need to be done. And that's an, that's an important definition because he's not suggesting he can fly. <laughs> and I, I say that comically, but I've met Christians who, who have, many of you have seen my Mr. Heard my Mr. Stupid message. Um, and Mr. Stupid, I normally have a sock on. This, this is Mr. Stupid. He's a voice that speaks in our ear. And, and it's, a, it's a faith... Um, I said ear. And it's a, <laughs> it's a faith... It's a faith... It's a ridiculous faith talk that says you can do things which you can't do. And I, I remember a guy when we... Our church was 10 people... Um, and we'd been going a year, and we were in a building which was 25,000 square feet, right? So it's five floors, it's 25,000 square feet, and we're renting it for a pound a year. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> so God supplied a need for us to do something, something extraordinary, far bigger than, than what you would imagine. We, we weren't a church this size. It would have been big for all of us, right? But it was vast for 10 people, and no income. And when we moved in to that building, we had people saying to us, oh, we're going to get the new Asda building. <laughs> this guy, he declared that we were going to get Asda. The Asda down at Garth D is a big building, but there used to be another one next to it. In the car park was, the, was where the car park is where the old Asda used to be. And he declared that that was going to be our church building. And I remember just thinking, if I could find a bit of four by four and clang it around your head and say, don't be stupid. <laughs> there isn't a church in the United Kingdom that has a building that size. And we're still 10 people, you numpty. <laughs> Under no circumstance do we even want a building that large, let alone. Ooh, I can see. There are people. <laughs> All this time, I thought I was talking to myself. <laughs> I'm just practicing, and uh, <laughs> and you see that's Mr. Stupid. Mr. Stupid rises up and speaks the ridiculous. We we're called to walk in faith steps, not faith leaps. The Bible says we we walk by faith. We don't leap out into another. We don't speak out that which has no connection to reality. And so faith is about a connection to reality, but it's a stretch beyond where you, you have a natural capacity to go. It's one step beyond what you can actually achieve. Ever tried to jump a gap and can't make it? I remember as kids, we were forever challenging ourselves to jump across ditches and gaps, and we would always we would keep jumping wider gaps until eventually one of us went in. And then it was, <laughs> and go home dripping wet. Normally it was me. It's all soggy. You're walking like this because your pants are swinging with water. And, you're, you're, and, you're, and you're, you thought you could make it, but you couldn't. You know what? But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, I can step beyond my natural capacity. I can get into a place because I'm living a life by faith. Now, we can declare this and we can speak it out and feel good, but, but how do you get into that place where you know that that is true? See, that it, as I said before, Sunday, Sunday night is not, a, is not a good time to make a commitment to doing something. 
because you get wake up on Monday morning and go, what did I say I was going to do? It seems such a good idea in service in church. Lord, I'm going to fast for a whole week. <laughs> I'm going to fast for a month. I'm going to do 40 day fast. I'm going to, you get a Monday morning, oh God, what did I do? I go, I go, it's just not the same. You wake up on a Monday morning. But so this is the reality. We know that there is a, an atmosphere that generates faith and it's good to respond in the atmosphere of faith because if you respond in that atmosphere and you have enough integrity within your heart, you'll pursue it even when you're not in an atmosphere of faith. And so you've got to be able to respond by that and then discipline the the state of your heart to give yourself that drive to walk by faith even when you're in an atmosphere where there isn't any. But how do you get yourself into a place where you can keep doing that? It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. And I read this morning Ephesians 3, 17. But we're going to read 16 tonight. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory. Now that's important, according to. In other words, he uses the riches of his glory as his measuring stick to what he's going to grant you. According to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now, this is one of the most important things, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, Paul is speaking to the church, and one of the the weaknesses of the Christian is they don't spend time developing the inner man. Only the intellectual man, the feeling man, the emotional man, the friendship man, all the different types of nature who we are, but you have an inner man. And your inner man is the man of who you are in Christ in your heart. And you must develop who you are in your inner man. Where does your strength come from? Where does your resolve come from? Where does your capacity to go beyond your natural self? You see, you see, mankind actually has an incredible capacity to go beyond what you would naturally think. Your, your, your natural resource is actually far deeper than what you you think it is. I remember the time I first tried climbing and I climbed up a wall, I get three quarters of the way up and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm trying everything and I I discovered at that point I'm scared of heights and so I'm standing and this leg decides to to do something that Elvis Presley would be proud of. (laughs) I'm standing there like this and I'm thinking... I can't even move, I can't, I want to put that leg over there, but it won't stop doing that. I know, it's not safe. And I'm quite, and I can't do it. Eventually, I just let go and they lower me down. And then I was with a load of other pastors, and we're in Pastor John Smiley, who you've met, and his brother John, now um, Rob, and John and Rob were, were climbers. In fact, Rob would um, solo climb mountains. Um, he, he would go up the most ridiculous mountains. He'd be hanging. <laughs> no, there's no one there. There's nothing. That, if he lets go, he dies. And probably no one would find him for a long time. And, and uh, he would do all this solo climbing. He has enormous inner strength. But I found that when I was there, I got like 
it was probably 10 foot off the ground, right? And they go, <laughs> it's, it's not very high. And I'm going to, but I, I'm realizing it and I can't do it. And then I see John go up and Rob go up. They just climb and they do this and do that. And they go all the way to the top and everyone cheers. Hey, and I'm going, <laughs> Well done, you. <laughs> yeah. And I get, and I'm like, and so everyone, we all have one go each. I'm thinking, I'm having another go. I'm not having those smarty pants do it and I can't do it. And so the next time I, I just managed to persuade them to give me another go. And I get in, get in the harness and get all uh, roped up and then, and I'm away and I get to the same point. But there's this volume of shout of people behind me that are just willing me and suddenly I find something within myself to be able to reach into that deeper place and just be able to go further. I can do this. And it's amazing that your human capacity has incredible strength. But in all of us, there is a limitation of what we can do. And we will all at some point come to an end of our capacity and we experience that end in different environments you can experience a, a physical end an emotional but the, the most difficult is that emotional end that, that where you just can't cope with the world that you're experiencing anymore it's like I don't know whether I can handle the pressure the, the experience what is going on I don't know what I can do Paul, when he says, I know how to suffer need and I know how to abound. In other words, he knows how to draw on something far greater than what his natural man has a capacity of doing. And so what happens is that Paul begins to say, that I minister, I begin to develop in 3.16 according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might that you strengthen with your strength with might through His Spirit in the inner man. You see, you need to understand if you want to be able to have the courage to know that you can truly say I can do all things because I've heard a lot of Christians say I can do all things but it's an empty echo of something for which they put no preparation into doing. You know, we, we can say anything we like, can't we? Many people say, you can say, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean to say you're going to be one. Of course, you could be any of those things, but you have to prepare for it. In other words, you have to find the strength on the inside. And Paul begins to speak, and, and I, I want to encourage you, your inner man needs to be ministered into. You see, you have to minister to the inner man. Kevin Dales, who's a man who trained Pastor Ashley. Many of you met Pastor Ashley. He's the man who, who trained us. Ashley was trained um, by his cousin, Kevin Dales. And Kevin Dales used to speak about the Noah. He's got a Noah just behind his belly button. And his Noah knows. <laughs> and it's, it's talking about that kind of that experience of, of knowing that 
your inner man is somewhere. It's your spirit man who drives you. You, you sense him. You know him. You know that the Holy Spirit is, is ministering out of your spiritual man, the inner man, the man who you are in Christ Jesus, the person who you're driven. It's not driven by your intellect. It's driven by the Spirit of God who feeds you and feeds you life and wisdom and revelation and a strength that you cannot define by natural means. And in there is your inner man. And your inner man is fed by prayer. It's fed by your confession. It's fed by the speaking life in, in, of Jesus Christ that I have been born again, that I have been set free. You know, this um, Saturday um, I got home from, we had a, uh, a trustees training day in, in Dundee, which is a, uh, just enlightening, exciting <laughs> We had to do government compliance and, and legal requirements and all of those exciting things that you have to do when you're building the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah. So, whoa, that's exciting. Let's get somebody to do that for us. And, uh, <laughs> and so we were doing this training day from 9.30 to 4. And now getting to, I got to about 3 o'clock. We were actually... The guy who was running it is Andrew Holstock. He, he, he runs the administrational um, center for the INC network that we're a part of. And he, he, um, uh, he works as a consultant for charities and government organizations, etc. And uh, so he's doing the training. And uh, about three o'clock, my brain had just about shut down. And I noticed that my note-taking was getting less and less. You know? <laughs> there were bigger gaps between the certain things he was saying. <laughs> That's a good idea. I don't know what was a good idea. I'll do that then. And uh, so, and so, we're we're, we're looking at all this um, compliance, and, and we're we're looking at all of these um, natures. I've lost my story. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> I'm I'm beginning to uh, lose strength. <laughs> you see, moving on. In all of, I'll come back to it. It'll come back to me. Don't worry. I'll tie it all together. It always, it always has a neat ending. In all of these things, you know, we have a, have a natural capacity. We have a, a mental capacity. But if you want a spiritual capacity, you have to build into your spiritual man. You have to, you have to build into the man of who you are in Christ Jesus that you and stand up and say, I know that I can do this. When Cheryl and I first moved to Scotland, I remember by the end of the first year, year by the end of 1996, we'd just moved to Cromley House, I remember feeling the pressure beyond any kind of pressure that you would, I had ever experienced in my life. I'd run a business for a number of years, I had people working for me. I, I'd handled extreme debt. By 24, I was 100 grand in debt. Uh, by the time we moved to Scotland, I was 29. That was dealt with. Um, I had walked the company through all sorts of... I'd known, but at the end of 96, I was, we were just feeling pressure and feeling like, where is it? But the inner man, you draw on that inner man again. 
And I remember just praying and speaking out over and just declaring. And I remember as I began to declare, we had people come and stay with us, ministers come and stay, and they would pray with us. And something began to snap on the inside. Something began to break on the inside. And suddenly the burden which you feel internally, which you find difficult to vocalize or tell people what it is that you feel. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Sometimes you feel pressure you can't put a word to. You don't know what it is. But I want to tell you something. When you speak into your inner man, you speak into the nature of who you are in Christ Jesus, you minister and you begin to prophesy over yourself and begin to speak it out over yourself. God, I thank you that you've called me to be a significant man of God. If you're a woman, you can exchange the word. And... (laughs) might have a problem and uh, you, that you have that you have been called to walk I remember when we came to the city I'm walking down the city I'm looking at these big buildings and I'm speaking it out God I thank you you've called me to an apostleship within this city and within this, within this nation I hadn't even planted a church and I'm speaking out who I'm going to be I began to minister into the inner man and what happens is you begin to discover that there is a strength that you have in God. You know, it no longer is that empty word, I can do all things. No, you can do all things. Because the life which we live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God. You see, Paul finishes Ephesians 6. Um, Ephesians, he finishes with chapter 6, which is this incredible discourse on the armor of God and before he before he gets to the armor of God the first nine verses is basically he's saying kids honor your mum and dad mum and dad be kind to your kids servants obey your masters slaves do what you're told masters Take care of your slaves and your servants and, and be good to them and be responsible for them. Here's what is, that's basically what the, the first nine verses are about. It's, about. it's about giving yourself wholeheartedly to the environment you're in and living with a life of honor, love, respect and blessing regardless of the position, whether you are, whether you are rich or whether you're poor. And then he says in verse 10, because all of that is the challenge of life. The great challenges of your life. This is what I've seen, you see. A person can have sickness and yet they still manage to keep their life in Christ. A person can be utterly broken, in debt, poverty stricken, lose everything and they still manage to have their life in Christ. But Paul addresses the key thing which stops people from pursuing their life in Christ. And that's the interaction of relationships with each other. That's, that's what it always comes down to. What is your relationship with the people around you? Because it's that which will knock you off and take you out. So he says, he says all of that. And then he says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And suddenly there's this great statement, be strong in the Lord. How are you strong in the Lord? In your inner man. How do you have power in your inner man? How do you 
uh, how are you clothed in the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace? How do you wear all of these amazing things? How? By your inner man. How do you live by faith in the flesh, in your inner man? What is your inner man like? How is your, how's the health of your inner man? Are you feeding your, your inner man? Now, I would encourage you, you get up, make, make, make a decision tonight because tomorrow you won't, you'll hear the words will echo in your brain. Tonight, make it. I'm going to just, I'm going to read the scripture when I get up in the morning. I'm going to give myself half an hour extra to give myself more of the word. Tonight, I'm going to, when I get up, I'm going to find a, in the morning, I'm going to find time to pray. And then when I go to bed again at night, I'm going to find time to pray. I was, that's why I told the story. I'd had all of that. I'd had that day. I'd had that day of just, and I got home and the family are there and Daniel Hattie and Chaz were there and everyone was there in the house and um, they'd had a lovely day. They'd had a lovely day. And, and I get home and uh, I'm just feeling kind of like, you know, just hot and sweaty. And so I, I go off for a shower and I just think, I just need to pray. I need to just give, give myself time to get my inner man in the right place of focus so that I'm the right person for the family when I come back downstairs. You see, you, see, you take care of your inner man. And the rest of you is in the right frame of mind, the right attitude, the right heart, the right capability to be the right person. Whenever people come to Cheryl and I and say, we're struggling with this, we're struggling with this, first question we say, what's your prayer life like? Oh, it's not very good. There's a clue. What, what was your prayer life like? Well, I stopped praying. What you really mean to say is you, you stopped feeding your inner man and now your inner man is starving to death. And you're struggling to find the resource to live a life of faith when the inside of you is all shriveled like a prune. Going, feed me, feed me. (laughs) We have to rise up on the inside. We have to understand that if you feed your inner man good food, it's amazing how the Word of God that touches on the inside of you steps and reaches out and just gets into that amazing place again. Let's stand up, shall we? It's incredible how your inner man doesn't feeds on the word, feeds on prayer, feeds on the declaration of faith, feeds on godly prophetic inspirational encouragement. The Bible says that prophecy is encouragement, comfort, consolation. In other words, speak words which lift up your heart speaks over you you can all prophesy Just you, you don't realise you can but you can this is how you prophesy you take the Bible and you read it over yourself for yourself that's called prophecy that's step one right there start with that and you'll mature and you'll be speaking truth as well you won't be saying any stupid stuff Holy Spirit wants you to have a strong inner man 
if I do anything, I, I want a generation of people who influence a generation of people who, who change the world that they live in, who have an impact on families and society. People live in this small, shriveled, tiny world. But we live in a world that is vast because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone in this room tonight. I pray that you really begin to open up within the hearts what we can do, who we can be, where we can go, what we can build. I thank you, Father, for the inspirational vision that Debbie and Emma spoke. I thank you, Father, that in that is a challenge for the rest of us if we, if we had another building. I thank you, Father, that you dream bigger, the dream bigger. The speaking bigger is, is not just found. I thank you, Father, that they're not just empty words, but they're words which we speak into the inner man, fed by your word. And so, Lord, we speak, we root ourselves upon your word and we come back and we say we can do all things. As we pray by faith over our inner man, you've made us significant. Even though we come to the end of ourselves, we know that our inner man grows stronger. We can do all things. We can do this. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.